Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Children of All Ages. Uh, we celebrate Buddha's birthday today. Um, it's good to see you all here. Zendo is pretty full. And uh, also to see you online. It's good to see Ron Nestor in recovery there, smiling. All right, that's great. Um, so today, in the Chinese Buddhist tradition, this is the Buddha's birthday. Uh, and usually in, in that tradition, we observe it in the spring. Uh, and in some of the other Buddhist traditions, they observe it at a slightly later time uh, at the full moon of the uh, fifth month, I believe. Uh -huh. And, you know, in that other tradition, they glom it all together and they uh, celebrate Buddha's birthday, Buddha's enlightenment, and Buddha's Parinirvana at the same time. It's very economical. Uh, we break it out into three separate ceremonies. Uh, and it's in the Japanese tradition, it's usually happens to be April 8th today, which is uh, called Hanamatsuri, which is the flower festival. Uh, and that's because it was a big rain of flowers that flowed down or dropped down from the sky when the Buddha was born. Um, so happy birthday to the Buddha. He is today 2,566 years old. So on his cake, we're gonna have cake actually. I don't think we, I don't think we have that many candles on it, do we? But on his cake, you would have 2,567 candles, one for good luck, which of course we don't do because that would affect global warming. So uh, you have to imagine, they're imaginary candles. So I'm gonna say a little about the the details, the legends of Buddha's birthday. Uh, according to the legend, the Buddha was born uh, born in Lumbini, which is in present-day Nepal, in the very across the border in the very far north of, of India. And his mother Mahamaya was a princess. She was a princess of the Kolian uh, clan. And uh, the Buddha's father was a, a royal figure uh, of the Shakya clan. That's why uh, we call the Buddha sometimes Shakya Muni, his sage of the Shakya clan. Um, and so the Buddha was born to an aristocratic family. 
uh, right in that area on the border of India and Nepal. So there was a spring festival or some actually midsummer festival. I think about how long uh, when Queen Maya became pregnant with with the baby Buddha. Um, it was a midsummer festival in the town of Kaplavastu, where she was the, the queen. And the people were enjoying the feast. Queen Maya didn't take any strong drinks, no beer, no wine, no single malt scotch. Uh, and she was adorned with garlands and perfumed. And she took part in this summer festival. And on the full moon day, which is a very important day in, uh, in the Buddhist calendar, but also just in, uh, in almost every uh, tradition. We had the full moon. Did any, did you guys see the full moon the other night? It was, it was glorious. It was big and round and sort of golden. Uh, so at the full moon festival, uh, day, she rose early and she bathed and she put on fancy clothes and she ate delicious foods. Uh, and after all that effort, which couldn't have taken all that long, she got tired and went back to her room. Uh, and she lay down and she had a dream. She had a, she had a really unusual dream. She dreamed that four guardian angels carried her up to the high Himalayan mountains. And they laid her under a large tree. And they stood by the side respectfully. And then the wives of these angels took her to a lake and they bathed her. And they decked her with divine flowers. And then they spread a couch with its head towards the east. So this is, uh, just realized, this is a dream within a dream. Did you ever have that? A dream within a dream? Do you ever dream that you were dreaming? Interesting. So think about that. And you'll notice it. Now you're going to notice it the next time that happens. And in the dream within the dream, she saw a beautiful white elephant. And that elephant approached her and he plucked a white lotus from his trunk. And then he trumpeted loudly, which I was tempted to do just now, but I'm not going to. You've all heard what an elephant's trumpet sounds like, right? It's, it's loud. And if I did it here with the sound system, it would be very loud. And I'm not even an elephant, although I've been mistaken one for one related to one because of my nose. 
Um, and this elephant walked around her three times and he touched her right side. And then she knew that she was gonna have a baby. So when the future Buddha was conceived in this dream, uh, the 10,000 worlds quaked and shook and a beautiful light spread through all of these worlds. And all of a sudden, blind people could see, deaf people could hear, people who were not able to speak could talk, those who were in prison were freed from their chains. All diseases were ended throughout humankind. Uh, all people became very mild spoken, which we wish would be the case. Musical instruments gave forth their notes without being played upon. In all quarters of the world, the weather became fair, the sun was out, a mild breeze began to blow, and the whole of the 10,000 worlds, the whole universe, became one mass of flowers, saturated with the delicious scent of those flowers. So on the next day when she woke up, uh, Queen Maya told her dream to her husband, Suddhodana. And the king summoned 64 very wise Brahmin priests. Uh, that, that's what they had instead of psychotherapists. <laughs> and he fed them lavishly. He told them his dream and they asked, what did they think about it? And those Brahmins said, be not anxious, great king. You will have a son. And if he continues to live the life of a householder, uh, in other words, if he stays in the palace, he will become a universal monarch. And if he decides to leave the household life, and retires from the world, he will become a Buddha, which means an awakened one. And he will roll back the clouds of delusion and foolishness in this world. And Queen Maya felt comfortable and happy because she could distinguish the future Buddha within her. So when she was carrying the baby Buddha, usually we're pregnant for nine months in this human realm, right? But Buddhas take more time to cook. <laughs> so she carried the Buddha for 10 months and he was well, you can see by what happens next. He was, he was well cooked at that point. Um, 
So, but she told her, she told her husband, uh, sire, I would like to visit the kinfolks in my city and give birth there. Uh, and so he seated, uh, he seated the queen in a golden chariot. And it was carried, it was carried by his courtiers. And he sent her away with a lot of ceremony. It's a big deal, sending her back to her parents. And along the road, there was a beautiful garden called Lumbini Grove. And when the queen saw it, she said, let's stop here a little while. I'd like to walk through this, through this garden. So she got down and when she came to the foot of a sal tree, a tree branch of its own bent down so she could reach it with her hand. And she reached up to this tree and took hold of it. And just then she felt the birth pangs come on her. She knew she was going to give birth. And standing up, well, her, her attendants, respectful attendants, created a, a shelter, a tent around her. And she was standing there and the baby Buddha emerged from her side. And at that moment, four angels arrived bearing a golden net and received the future Buddha on this golden net. They placed him before his mother and said, Rejoice, O queen, a mighty son has been born to you. So this is why I said he was well cooked. The future Buddha right after he was born, looked around at the north, the south, the east, the west. He looked at the sky, he looked at the earth. And then he strode forward seven bold steps. Now that's a very unusual thing for a newborn baby to do very unusual for maybe to, for an infant to walk seven steps and you can see him striding forward seven steps. And then at the seventh step, he halted and with a noble voice, he shouted a shout of victory. So not only could he walk, but he could talk. This is unusual. He's like destined for special and gifted programs. <laughs> uh, and he said, below the heavens and above the earth, I alone am the world honored man, one. Below the heavens and above the earth, I alone am the world honored one. When you see, when we go and bathe the baby Buddha outside, you you'll see there's a statue and it has its hands like this. Below the heavens 
and above the earth. But what does this mean? I alone am the world honored one. Uh, Sojin Roshi used to say, it's not so much alone, but I, all one, I in oneness with the whole universe. The whole universe is the world honored one. So what I would say is, each of you is the Buddha. Each of us, each kid, each adult, whatever stage of life we're in, we are the world honored one. So we can think about that and take that, take that in, take that understanding as best we can. And Maya, Maya noticed, his mother noticed he had something in his hand. And he said, what is it that you bring with you in your hand? He said, medicine, mother. So he was born with medicine in his hand. And the attendants took the medicine and they placed it in a jar. And it was the best medicine to heal those who were suffering in any state, in any afflicted person who had need of it. And this is what he carried with him into this world. So what does the Buddha's birthday mean to me? What, what does it mean to us? I think that the Buddha's birthday marks the beginning of life in what we know of as the Buddha realm. The Buddha realm is the world that we are living in. Hard as it may seem sometimes, difficult, painful. The thing about being human in the Buddha realm and being born human in the Buddha realm is that we have an opportunity to wake up. We have an opportunity to be free from suffering and also we have the opportunity to free others from suffering. This is what the Buddha came to do. He came with a task to help others awaken. So, um, because this incredible event, this legendary event happened so many years ago, 2,566 years ago. Because this happened, we're sitting here today, which is amazing. We're doing something that has been done year by year. It's been celebrated year by year. And we have this wonderful practice by which we hope to allow, hope to help people wake up and, our, and ourselves. So this practice was passed by Shakyamuni Buddha to his disciples, and it's been passed down through nearly a hundred generations. 
to us. And we have it. We hold that in our hands. Whether we know it or not, the medicine that the Buddha was born with, it's in our back pocket. Just take a look. See if you can find it. So, now we have it. And maybe keep it well. So we'll celebrate, but I just want to just see if there are a couple of questions before, uh, before I end this talk. It's a short talk today. Do you have any thoughts, any questions, anyone in this room or anyone online? This is, let me just say, at the Buddha's Parinirvana, before he passed from this world, he asked his students, do you have any questions? And nobody asked a question. So they missed an opportunity. So I'm giving you one more opportunity here. Not that I'm, a, I'm not planning to die right now. And also, there are other, if I do, there's other wise people in this room. But uh, if you have a question or, or a thought hearing this story, uh, please say something. Um, yeah, Phil. Is there a, what is the significance of the Buddha being born from the side? Um, I think that was probably the, that was the moment when Velcro was invented. <laughs> and I think he created Velcro. I think, you know, human childbirth is kind of messy. And uh, they, they, want, they wanted to formulate a story that was perhaps less messy. That's that's my thought. Uh, you know, something special. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, I can understand that, yes. Yeah. There's a question in the community room. Oh, look at all those people in there. Yes, Kelsey. Um, I actually just, I, I'm curious, because actually um, 10 months gestation is actually normal. And I'm curious if it was, were you saying it was just, it was 10 months? Yeah. Okay. That's what the, you know, the, the, the story. story says, yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's actually normal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never done it myself, yeah, so I don't know. That's fine. I don't know. I just thought I'd <laughs> Yeah, we actually have this idea of nine months, but when you're given an estimated due date, it's uh, 10 months away. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Anything here, Ross? Oh, who's on? Um, we're celebrating a birthday, and in Buddha Dharma, we talk about also no birth. Could you say a little bit about how those two interpenetrate and we work with them with the practice? Yeah. Um, the, all of, so yes, I'm repeat it. Thank you. 
So Ross was, was saying, we, we're celebrating a birthday now, and yet in our uh, Buddhist tradition, uh, particularly in the Zen tradition, we talk about no birth. We talk about no birth, no death. And, you know, that I think that the story of Buddha's birth, the story of his enlightenment, the story of his nirvana, uh, from another angle are what are known as skillful means, upaya. We, we have these stories because they're useful. They can be useful to us. We can, we can contextualize, uh, we can see our own lives in their reflection. And at the same time, there's a view of the Buddha as uh, always existing and never passing away. Uh, so the no birth is uh, the Buddha. If you look at the even the early narratives about his birth, uh, he was already a Buddha in another realm. So he just was making a journey so that he could help us here. Thank you. Um, let me look chat. <laughs> we have Buddha's, the community room says, we have Buddha's birthday cake today. Is that all the Buddha eats? Well, you know, um, there's a famous expression of the Buddha that, uh, that we've heard. Uh, when Ananda came to the Buddha and said, the people are hungry, the Buddha said, let them eat cake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Cake is what we're being given. <laughs> and one of the things about being a Buddhist monk is whatever is placed in your bowl when you go on alms round, that's what you eat. Uh, so today we're being given cake. And uh, it's a highly nutritious cake, <laughs> which has wonderful amounts of protein in it. It has uh, poppy seeds. And I, I have to say it's, it's a reminder to me because uh, Lori and I, we had the same recipe uh, cake made by the same baker, Peter Overton, uh, on our wedding day, which was uh, 2,500. <laughs> <laughs> right. We are really old. Actually, we are getting old. It was like 33, 34 years ago. Same cake, same baker. So enjoy. Okay. Um, I think we're going to have to end because I want everyone to enjoy the uh, bathing the baby Buddha outside. So thank you.